Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Clutch Conversations. It's your boy, Mike. We are back at you one more again, live on a Thursday night, man. I hope everybody's doing well. First and foremost, you know how we do. Shout out to my lovely wife, Takara, the world famous TJ to DJ, holding it down on the ones and tools, holding down the team in general. Y'all definitely show some love in the comments and definitely show the channel some love. Hit that like button. If you haven't already subscribed, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hook smash that notification bell so you can get notifications every time we drop a video. Shout out to the audio only gang as well. Audio recordings of Clutch Conversations are available on all major podcast platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And when you're checking us out there, be sure to rate follow and review. It really helps us out. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the support. Speaking of support, if you're involved in this reptile hobby in any shape, form, or fashion, please be sure to support both US Art and US Art Florida. The link for both organizations are in the description of this video. Uh, shout out to all the folks that showed up to Miami and represented the reptile community in a good way. We got a little win today, so shout out to y'all. Let's celebrate the wins we do get. If you're not a member of USR or USR Florida, definitely go grab your membership. If you're able to donate, please donate what you can. Spread the word, spread the word, spread the word about both these organizations that help protect our rights as reptile keepers. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Keep it going. Spread the word, spread the word. Speaking of the word, special shout out to the sponsors, man. I really appreciate y'all support. Really appreciate y'all believing in the team. Uh, gonna keep this sponsor video here in just a second, but definitely, man, y'all make sure y'all follow our sponsors. We got Armless Angels and Small Town Exotics. And if you know, like I know, you better be following those folks and paying attention to the projects that they're working on and what they got hatching this year. I'm telling you, do yourself a solid and go check out our sponsors. Appreciate it, y'all. Big dreams start in small towns. Small Town Exotics is a family-ran business that specializes in high-quality ball python morphs, western hog noses, and select leopard geckos. They are proud members of USARC, USARC Florida, and the Orient Society. Stay connected with Small Town Exotics on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Witness their journey as they grow their business and showcase their animals to the world. Thank you, Small Town Exotics, for sponsoring the show. Art comes in many forms. At Armless Angels, 
it comes to life. Yo, thank you, thank you, thank you. Shout out to the sponsors. Let's see who we got in the chat tonight. Chat going crazy. The big homie Bosa, what's good, bro? Thank you for coming out. Thanks for coming out. We got Bree in the building, Smoky Mountain Balls. Thank you for coming out. The big homie Wiz in the building. What's good, bro? Appreciate you coming out, folks. Shocker Scales, what's good? Appreciate you coming out. Casey, what's up? What's up? What's up? Thank you for coming out. Ken, what's good? Thanks for coming out. Appreciate the support. Matt, what's up, man? Thank you for coming out. Serp Works, what's good? Thanks for coming out. Greg, what's up? Ripping reptiles in the building. Thank you for coming out. Low Life, what's good? Congrats on winning the snake. Thanks for coming out, Tom. Jolly, what's up? Thanks for coming out. Scales, fins, and feathers. Thanks for coming out. Good evening. Samario, what's good? Homie, thanks for coming out. Kingdom Pythons, what's good? Thanks for coming out. Bailey's Royal Beauties, what's good? Thank you for coming out. Primal Scales, what's good, brother? Thanks for coming out. Third Eye, what's good? Thanks for coming out, Jeremy. Jamie, what's good? What's good? Thanks for coming out. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to stop it right there. See y'all in a second. Won't you listen to me? I got that flavor. I know you're dying to feed. I ain't no dancer. Just got some hip in my feet. Now throw your hands up. Ooh, you bring the lighter. I got the fuse. You make a fire. I'll add the fuel. Follow my lead. Just watch the shoes. Episode six, four, proper royals. What's up? What's up, bro? How's it going? Good, man. I love the uh, the air horn. I regret to say I hadn't I hadn't seen the intro all the way through. Like usually, I have to catch you on the replay because I'm working, you know. And like, uh-huh. so it's cool to. I wouldn't say usually I'm, I'm doing family stuff. So like usually on Thursday nights, I'm not out here in the garage, so not cleaning. It's it's my night off of of of. Uh, you know, ball pythons. That's a cool intro, man. That's real cool. And then like, you can't not smile when you hear like your name and then an air horn. Like that's a perfect way to like have people prime to get on. Right. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm glad you like it. Glad you like it. I Welcome it to the show, cool. man. Glad to have you on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Mike. We, I, I don't know if people know, like you and I have crossed paths a couple times and we, we work pretty good together and, and, and fairly often touch base with each other. So it's, it's real cool. I'm real happy to be here. And I was trying to think, I know you had been on my show, but I, it was funny cause I was watching some of your episodes and like at the end, you have some of the questions that you do. And I was like, I feel like Mike's asked me those questions before, but I couldn't think, <laughs> I couldn't think if it was guests that I'd already had or if I was, cause I had seen so many episodes of your show, but I actually had to go back and look to see if I'd been on before, but I haven't been on your show before. No, nah, this is the first time, man. Like I was on your show last year. Like it was probably, what was it? Right before I started doing this show or right after I started doing this show. It was Somewhere right after I yeah, I just watched it actually. I think it I think it was April of last year. And I think you and I think you're on episode 12. Because I remember saying, Hey, you're just getting going. What's the what's the vision? What's the effort? Why are you doing it? Kind of thing. So I, I okay. think it was I think it was episode 10, 12-ish. So you had just gotten started. So I'm about to go back and watch that one actually and see what's changed since then. That's where I pulled the uh you know what's really crazy. That's where I pulled the reel that I posted the other day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know, so a couple things I learned on reels just from that reel. First, that reel got like 5,000 views, which is still oh, nice. pretty high in my world. That's still nice. pretty, pretty nice. good. Uh, the captions uh, app or plugin or whatever you can use on Instagram, it screwed up all the words. And then <laughs> where I put, uh, I, I typed in like, going to be on uh clutch conversations with herb collectors it'll be great to be the guest finally instead of the host where i positioned it was like halfway off the screen and i didn't know and it still got five thousand. i was like this is all kinds of disaster real five thousand <laughs> no problem here you go <laughs> i was probably just happy you used the tool it was the native tool right yeah 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 nice nice yeah i haven't used that yet like I be kind of slacking on my uh, social media game, like on IG and stuff like that. I need to do better, uh, but I haven't used that yet. I tried that CapCut app a couple times. I don't know if you've seen that one. You probably have. I haven't. I've only done all native stuff on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, yeah they got like, a, it's called CapCut. And like, you can do like, I think Bosa use it. Uh, I know some other people use it too, because I've seen the logo like in people's videos. But oh, you can okay. like, do like, you can chop it up and, and do little stuff like that with it. It's called CapCut. It's pretty cool. CapCut. Uh, I haven't got into it too deep, but the times I did work with it, it was pretty cool. Like some things you can do. It's, I mean, to your point, it's really hard to keep, it's hard enough to keep up with the social media presence, much less every trend and what's going to get everything going, you know? So I, I get it, man. Yeah. Shout out to the homie Bosa Balls, man. Appreciate the super chat. Salute, brother. Kike is like, I know everybody says it, but Kike is just an excellent dude. Uh, man. In, in our in our industry so i was i've been i think it's mostly dead but we'll see maybe maybe it'll get resurrected uh i was working on a real estate deal down in homestead florida and i was like okay. who do i know in homestead and i was like i know kike i was like kike i need a realtor man he's like ah okay i know this cousin of my cousin maybe it is my cousin maybe it's a cousin i'm not sure anyway call him and man he's been great he's been fantastic so oh, nice last yeah so i've been working with edgar's his name uh, last weekend I was in Miami, uh, Sunday and Monday, checking out the house and, and, uh, trying to get this business done. And I called Kike. I'm like, Kike, I'm in your hood, man. I'm right here in Homestead. He's like, yeah, I'm up in Boynton beach, man. See you next time. It's like, 
<laughs> nice, nice. Uh, but uh, no, he hooked us. He hooked me up, man. He's he's always just shouting everybody out, putting out stories for everybody. Uh, just thanks, Kike. I, I really appreciate you, man. I, I, I mean that like wholeheartedly. That's just really cool. Yeah, man. He is dope, man. He's done so much uh, for me. Uh, I really appreciate all the support. He's just like the model of like being supportive and showing love and kind of like the kind of community and the vibes and yeah, that good energy that you want for for the hobby for the industry like like he's the embodiment of it so i i literally don't know how he has time for it because like i pack a lot into my day and like they're like i know it's not just me he does this stuff for like at first i was like i was like man who's this crazy like super fan and then (laughs) but i wasn't on instagram for a long time and i got on instagram like well, he's a super fan for everybody. So like a little part of me was like, damn, I thought, I thought me, I thought he was like, guy." but then I was like, holy cow, it's crazy how much work he does for everybody. It's awesome. man. it's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. does it like he does it well too. He don't mm-hmm. just do it. He, do, he does it well. Right. Right. Like, um, I had got a, I had uh sent him uh, a snake a couple uh weeks back. I had shipped a snake to him and like, within no time he had like this dope video mixed up and yeah. he had like all the props and like the dope song it man it was nice it was real nice like one of the best i've seen and yeah not just saying that because it was like my snake but it was like legit like dope work you could see the passion and the pride and the care i guess the care is that's the word i was looking for the care for it's all outward with him. It's not any inward. He's not worried about it coming back. You know, that's a really just a great trait in a human. So I just in general, I mean, I don't mean to turn this into the, you know, the Kike show, but, but if we do, <laughs> that's fine. We can, man. He's earned it. That's for sure. Oh yeah. For sure. For sure. This is the both uh, appreciation. Episode. That's right. <laughs> and the update the description. Hey, so real quick, bro. So, um, I like to think that two, three, four, five, ten 10 years from now, somebody going to come across this video who, who doesn't know, who you are so kind of give us your reptile origin story talk about like the what's the wins the where the how the why like all that kind of set the stage for us yeah thank you i will and i uh i hope somebody that sees this in 10 years is like oh that's where that dude started when he was just getting going but maybe i'll be irrelevant in 10 years who knows hopefully not but we'll, we'll see but uh no thank you i uh I try and do this really quick because because the people that don't know I have my own podcast. It's sometimes like these origin stories take like 40 minutes. And I'm like, dude, I, this is like an hour <laughs> show. Like, I, come on now. So <laughs> so I can empathize. So really quick, uh, I, I had reptiles in college and I never I was never I was always in the woods growing up, but I was never the kid that like. I wasn't the reptile whisperer as a kid, like everybody else seems to be. So that's not me. Um, I get to college and I, I was never allowed to have pets. We never had pets at home when I was growing up. So I get to college and uh, I had a job and I had a full scholarship uh, at UF. Shout out to UF. I know you're in Gainesville. So I'm at UF. And uh, yeah, baby. Uh, And so, I'm like, it's like a free for all. I'm like, man, I could buy me a gecko. I could buy me a ball python. I had a, I had a big uh, fish tank with an arowana in it. Um, I had corn snakes. And so that was in the late 90s, maybe 2000, maybe early 2000s. So like I just had two normals as far as ball pythons go. Um, 
And then when I graduated, uh, well, actually, that's a whole different story. When I left college, I did graduate. But when I left college, uh, they, those those were independent occasions. I left college before I graduated. So uh, when I left Gainesville, um, I, I just sold everything back to a pet store. I, I was like, I, I got to go. I'm out. Um, and then I really didn't have any any pets other than dogs or house, you know, just house dogs kind of thing. Um, then uh had to be had to be when was this had to be late uh 2020 well, i'm living in north carolina i've got a son at that point uh married my wife my son i'm still married i still have a son all's good there uh they went to a repticon in Asheville, north carolina okay. and i didn't go i was working and my wife was like it's really cool like there's there's all these snakes and all these different colors and i was like well, what species are they? She's like, I don't know. They're just, they're just really cool. And I was like, all right, that sounds cool. You know, I didn't really think anything of it. And then that Christmas we got my son, a bearded dragon uh, okay. for Christmas. That was the Christmas before uh, COVID shut everything down. And so by March uh, we had, I work at food and beverage and I play, play music professionally. So by March of 2021, every 20, yeah. 2020 or 2021. 2020. Okay. Yes. So that was Christmas 2019. I was talking of, excuse me. Yeah. Time flies. Yeah. So yeah. by March of 2020, everything had shut down. And I don't, I don't know what everybody remembers from that time. I know that I blocked a lot of it out. But what I one of the things I remember is my boss, my boss saying, um, guys, it's a little bit crazy. It's the craziest thing we've ever been through. But I'm sending you guys home for eight weeks. This thing's going to blow over in eight weeks. You're all going to get paid. We've got a loan. We'll figure it out. But uh, you're going to go home and I'll see you in eight weeks. <laughs> eight weeks, right? <laughs> Years later, we're still dealing with it or, or coming out of it finally. But uh, so. I had this money. Um, I was getting paid. I had all this. I had time is what I had. I had the same paycheck, but I had time is what I had. Then we got our stimulus payments and all that. But uh, in April, anyhow, I was like, man, my son's bearded dragon is pretty cool. Let me check out what's going on with ball pythons these days. And then I stumbled across Morph Market and I was like, what is going on? And I saw that like you could buy like a pied, like, for actually a reasonable price. I remember in Gainesville in like 99, I don't know. It might've been Ben Cole's store. I don't know whose store it was out there on. Uh, uh, we're 34th? Well, we're 34th hits university. And then if you were to go a little bit South, I think. Was it Hogtown at the time? I, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a concrete building. It was a cinder block building almost the color of your uh, logo. And okay. it just said like, it was just like reptiles is all. I mean, no marketing, man. It was cinder block, orange reptiles. reptiles. That's it, man. <laughs> but, but I think, but I, I, I gotta add next time I see Ben Cole, I gotta ask him because I kind of, I kind of feel like I recognize him from somewhere and I don't think it's just from reptile shows, but maybe anyway. So I remember them being like, I don't know. May as well have been a million dollars, man. You know, when I was broke at college, I, I mean, my rent in those days for my room was $140 a month. So like, you're going to tell me a snake is five, 10, 25, 50,000. I don't care. It's all the same price. Like I can't afford it. So 
anyway, fast forward back to 2020. I see a uh, banana pastel ball python that is just blowing my mind because I only knew normals uh, back then. And uh, I think it was like $140. And it was over in Charlotte because I didn't, I, I still can't quite get my head around shipping reptiles. I do all the time, but it still blows my mind. You know, I was mm -hmm. like, well, I'll just drive over to Charlotte and get this thing. And that's what I did. And, and that's where it started. And then um, COVID got worse in so many ways. Um, I kept buying some ball pythons and I kept studying. And then I think one of the reasons you and I click really well, or I've always been sort of like intrigued by, by your content is you have a business take on things uh, from an MBA background. And I like picking apart and understanding businesses. And I'm like, man, somebody's getting rich here. If somebody's selling snakes for five, eight, 10,000, if every other snake is a thousand plus, like, man, a mouse only costs $3. I got to figure out how to do this. Right. Right. So I, I really started to dive into that. And at the same time, COVID just got darker and darker for somebody working in restaurants and music. It was, it was, it was scary. Mike, I, I've told the story before, but I always thought maybe I'll never get rich, but I can always cook dinner and I can always entertain somebody and I can always make a buck doing that. And if worse comes to worse, I could take my guitar and I can go stand on a corner and I can sing my heart out and entertain people and be a, you know, a minstrel or whatever, the old school way. Right. And COVID took that away from me and it just wouldn't end, man. We'd think it would end and boom, it would happen again. And then I was the, I was the food and beverage director at a pretty large resort. So people would come from other States thinking that North Carolina was fully open mm -hmm. and then they would just unload on me. Cause I, I was the boss. So I like, I'm like, I'm not the governor, man. Like I, I'm, I don't make these rules. I'm just the right. guy trying to make a dollar, you know? So anyway, uh, reptiles became this refuge. And then I, then I started getting in my head. I was like, man, I'm about to get out of this. I'm done with not reptiles. I'm done with, 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 I need a break from this world. And, um, I also didn't have much experience in social media. So I thought I saw an angle on podcasts, reptiles, and if nothing else, what I really set out to start on YouTube with was to learn and under, like the best way I learn is doing something and understanding it. And you can't really say that with ball pythons because they're live animals. But YouTube, if you suck at YouTube, just crash the channel, start over again. Like you, <laughs> there's nothing to lose, man. So I was like, I'm going to learn about YouTube. And and that's 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 where I ended up. So that was, uh, yeah, April 2020. Uh, so are you, you're still in North Carolina. In April no, 2020. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, May, May of uh 2021. Um, February 2021, I resigned and I gave uh I gave a six-week notice and then I agreed to stay on a little bit longer. And then Memorial Day came around, which is the start of season, and my boss made a incredible offer, like incredible offer, and I just said it was one of those moments in life where I said, you know what? I know I'm not happy. And I know if I work through Memorial day, I'm stuck. I'm going to be here the whole season. I said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm out. And, uh, I came, I came back to Jacksonville, which is where I'm from and where I grew up. So, uh, 
Yeah. So now uh, I don't want to, I don't want people to misconstrue that as I'm full-time on, on snakes. I'm not, uh, I consult now and I still, that company I left, I have a great relationship with, I still consult for them over, uh, well now is May two years later, it was supposed yeah. to be a 60 to 90 day, uh, transition. It's been two years. I still consult for them. Uh, so I, I consult with restaurants. I'm not in operations anymore. Uh, play music and breed and sell ball pythons and then have a podcast. So there you go. There, sorry. That was like a 20 minute story. I've, I've, oh no, that was go. good. That was perfect, man. It really okay. set the stage and it's really, it's a good launching point for the things that we're going to discuss like throughout the interview. So that was, that was a perfect response. Perfect response. So when you were first picking them up, uh, I imagine like right out the gate, were you thinking to, you wanted to breed or were you just kind of like, I'm going to collect them, kind of see how this is. Or did you know for sure that you were going to start heading in that direction? Uh, to start with, I was just picking them up. But by the third one, I was like, I'm going to breed these things. Like when I, when I get like hooked on something, man, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm crazy about it. And I, ha I have a, and I know that about myself. I have a bit of an addictive personality and so I actually really kind of pay attention to my behavior and what I do because, because it's one thing to be a single dude in Gainesville doing that. It's a whole different thing. You know, I have a son and a wife and, and a really wonderful life. And I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let a challenge or, or a personality trait that I have uh, affect that. So, but yeah, I, I was like, I'm going to start paying attention to some genes, like, cause I'm going to figure this out. I, I, I was, I was so intrigued and, um, I I'd been doing a similar thing with guitars where obviously you can't breed guitars, but I would, I, 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 I would find expensive guitars that needed repairs that I could do. And I got really, really good at night repairing guitars. Cause I would come home from work, just wired. My wife and son are already asleep cause, cause I work through dinner. So they're already asleep. So I can either be going out the bars, getting hammered, making bad decisions, or I got to fill my time with something at home and like sitting still is not something I'm good at. So I love playing music. And so I'd find these expensive guitars that had either cosmetic or superficial repairs that I could repair. Mm -hmm. And then I would flip them. And I, so I learned how to cut out the uh, uh, a guitar tech is called a luthier or a, a, a guitar crafter is called a luthier. So I figured out how to cut out the luthier on repairs that I knew that I could do. And then I could make money. And then suddenly I could afford these amazing guitars. And I was like, I think I could do something like that with ball pythons. There's got to be like an angle, like an angle in here, you know, and, and at a small scale with, 15 ball pythons it's it's fairly passive i mean there's a lot yeah. of work that go into them but but from zero to 15 it's not that bad right the hundred that i have now now i'm like <laughs> it's Adam, a different ball something's, game. yeah something's got to no give <laughs> right but 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 at the time i was like so I was like, I would make a DIY rack. Uh, I knew how to solder so I could do the heat strip myself. Um, I, I, I did a little bit of electrical work on my day. So, you know, thermostats were good. I was watching Kai's videos, man. He He's building racks and giving really detailed. I was like, I could do this. I got a Home Depot. I got a few bucks in my pocket. All right, I'm going to make a rack. And then what do you do when you get a rack? You get to fill it. You ain't gonna. You, you ain't making it, a right? rack. Yeah, you ain't making a rack you for four snakes. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean, I knew, but I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I knew. Yeah. Gotcha. So when did you start thinking in terms of projects? Uh, to be honest, I'm still not great at it. I still don't, I, st- I, I don't just buy like the shiniest, neatest thing. It's got to fit into something, but like I made, I didn't make this list for tonight. I was beat up, but like I made this list cause on my show, people would be like, what recessives are you in? Expecting me to give like a two word answer. And I'm like, well, I think I have 10 and they're like, well, you, you can't work 10 projects. I'm like, watch me. I'm, I'm about to like, I why can't <laughs> I, you know? So, but I say, I say that tongue in cheek. I'll learn. I will learn as I go. I'm a believer. As long as the animals are safe, I can learn as I go. And I have found as tough as the market is, you can almost always sell a snake and you can almost always buy a snake. Right. Like, so, okay. If I made a mistake, I might lose some money on it. Don't get me wrong, but I can, I can save the time. I can make up what I lose in money. Like when you buy a snake, you're essentially buying time. Right. So like, I just bought, um, uh, I just bought an azanthic het pied male. Well, for a year and a half, I've been raising up a double het azanthic pied male to breed to an azanthic pied female double head i was going to breed double head to double head and i was like for i got a good price i won't say what it is but 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 for a very reasonable price let's say 500 bucks i could double my odds i can eliminate any no head normals and i'm going to fast forward the time that it would have taken Cause I'm going to get statistically, I should get double the holdbacks, right? If I'm doubling my odds, I should statistically get double the holdbacks or double the revenue, whatever I choose to sell. So right. yeah, I could say I messed up buying that double het mail when I bought it. Okay. I live and I learn, I bought it and I caught back up and, and I'm not, I don't take for granted 500 bucks. I worked my butt off of my life for 500 bucks. But I'm saying keep that, that double hit mail. No, I'm not. He's going to be for sale. I'm going to selling him. Um, and matter of fact, well, I take it back. He's actually a triple hat mail. So yes, I'm keeping him, but I also have ultra male clown holdbacks. So I have, uh, I have three double hat ultra male clown females. And I actually held back three. I held back two double hat males. And I picked up another Enchi double double head ultra clown male. So those are going to be for sale. I'm going to keep that, uh, that triple head as, as like safe, safe backup. But yeah, I, uh, I, Kai was in the audience earlier that, that is cap hide I bought from Kai. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So what projects, I know you say, uh, you've got several that you're working with and you can kind of figure it out as you go. But if you had to choose like right this second, what are some of your primary projects that motivate you the most that you're most excited about? Yeah. Um, well, I'll answer that and then I'll give another little, little quantifier. Uh, I, my, my pides are going great. I, I love, I still, at the end of the day, I love pides. They excite me. They sell. Um, pides are kind of that mindset. I might not get rich on pides, but I'm probably never going to go broke on pides either, you know? Um, so I really like pides and I, and I remember, I remember seeing pides 20, four 25 years ago and they're still exciting to me i'm like man i can make these and 
and that that's cool. So, so pods are cool. I like pods. I got, um, and, and I don't really even have that much exciting coming this year, but some of the, the holdbacks, uh, uh, Mario, uh, Franey, Samario Franey was in the audience earlier. I hope he's still around. I picked up a mahogany pie from him. Like I want that to be my stud. Like I want that nice. to go through tons of pods. So, uh, so I like my pie project, but pie day Xanthic is something I'm working on. Okay. Um, so I like, uh, I like the, um, the double recessive and that's where I, that's where my argument is like, well, you can't work all these projects. Yeah. But, but what if they're all actually the same project? What if, what if 10 recessives is actually just four super long-term projects? Right. So I like, I, I I've got double, uh, double recessives that I'm working on this year. Uh, I'll hatch, um, I hope I got two clutches that could give me dreamsicles this year. So I'm very happy about that. I've got, uh, Ultramel clown holdbacks that will start breeding this year. And I've got more that are hatching this year with codoms in them. So I'm excited about that. Um, I've tried to get my just regular Azanthic project going, but my, my females are being real weird this year. So I don't, I don't know if I'll have any more this year or not, um, but I got some cool holdbacks. Fire! I I lucked into fire in my Azanthic project. It wasn't by design. It was I, I just picked up a het male that happened to be fire, but fire oh, and Azanthic. Oh, they're just they're so <laughs> I, like sometimes you're good and sometimes you're lucky, right? So it, it was um, it was nice that way. Uh, I know I'm rambling. Uh, I'm working on clown. I'm working on uh, pied. I've got dreamsicles this year. What else I got going? Um, Pied hypo. Um, nice. My lavender is my dreamsicle. Uh, my ultramel. I'm really just working the double, double recessive projects with my ultramel female. So for two, three seasons now, it's been ultramel clowns. Nice. Double hat. So like they're coming, man. It ain't, it ain't right now. And it's a long time, but this fall, this coming breeding season, uh, I'll, I'll start, I'll start, uh, being able to produce double visuals. And, and so to the same point, I was just saying, I actually bought, um, and those that have watched my show know that I have a reputation for being a little stingy on spending. So it's kind of a big thing when I spend, um, I bought a clown, uh, het ultra male again, double the odds, uh, visual clown ultra males right now are through the roof. Who knows if they'll stay there or not. But again, for that 500-ish, I, I, I truly don't remember what I paid, but 500-ish to get that clown had Ultramel and double my odds of getting a double visual, if I hit one and let one go, I mean, yeah. it's a slam dunk, right? I love that project. Like uh, Next year, I actually got some, some good odds, and I, I should have some good odds, um, assuming everything goes right. Like I should have... Shots at double visuals. I should have shots at clown hit ultra male uh, with some codoms mixed in. Mm-hmm. And I should have shot at, well, a shot at ultra male combos is hit clown. Yeah. And nice. And you said we were, t- I think we were talking in the green room and it was a different topic, but about, it's just about constant improvement. So, I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I'd started with some, some codoms in there as well. So like all those little things each year, you try and do a little bit better. So like one of the double het ultra clown 
males that I picked up is this beautiful Enchi double head ultra clown. And, and like, so we talk about getting, getting codoms in there, but then you also want to try and get the best example of that codon. That's something Ozzy exactly. talks a lot about, right? Exactly. Like this Enchi is smoking, man. Like I was so lucky. And this guy, um, actually, I, I don't know if I should say the, I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if I should say the deal. I never know like how transparent I should be about the deal. Right. But um, I did. He asked me to come. Somebody reached out to me regionally and said, hey, would you mind coming to ultrasound? I've got a smoking collection and and he didn't have an ultrasound. He's like, I I can't pay you, but I'll I'll give you this. This Enchi double head ultra male clown male, like not a super high dollar animal. But but then when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's that ain't worth much right now, but that could be worth huge a lot, you know, down the line kind of thing. Right. So he would be my backup. So I have the visual clown head ultramel. And then I got this Enchi double hat for down the line. And if I need him, great. If not, I'll save him for when I can use them, you know? Yeah. Ultramel clown is a dope project. It's, it's one of my favorites. I feel like it's still a good bit to be done like in that project. Cause I feel like it's barely tapped. I, I think so too. And I think uh, you asked me one of what I'm really excited about. I just picked up. It's kind of crazy. I bought, I bought a whole clutch, man. I bought the, I was like, what if I give you this for the whole thing? And they're like, like right now, I'm like right here, right now. Um, so I bought, uh, oh, well, six, I bought six super gravels with uh, pastel with, Enchi and with pinstripe and all of them. No, just no, just regular super gravels. They were all super and all had code on. Um, what was the sex ratio? Uh, uh, it was uh, two four, two four. Okay, so, so I sold one, I sold a one one to uh recoup some costs because you know, if you're gonna buy six at a time, you're gonna make a you're gonna make an aggressive deal and look for a little bit of a value, right? Right, so. I didn't, I didn't recoup all the costs, but I sold a one, one. Um, and now I have a one, three, uh, with, uh, Enchi pinstripe super gravel. Nice. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good deal. Sounds like it. Definitely. Uh, a good time deal. what tell. other projects? And so what other projects excite you right now? Like what, what else you're going to be hitting pretty heavy in uh, this upcoming season or the next one? Oh, uh, the other like really huge, so what I was saying earlier about maybe there'd be another quantifier, like I think, I think life, but I think ball pythons also is about maximizing the resources you have at any given time. Like, I think one thing I didn't realize at first is on any given year, a third to maybe a half of your females aren't going to go either. They need a break or they're just being ball pythons and they don't go. Uh, it's my first year I've worked with an ultrasound, so I'm still learning and growing as well. So at the beginning of the season, I was super excited about like uh, candy pie, double hats or visual pied hat candies. I don't think that girl's going to go. Like I even worked out a breeding uh, project or partnership with somebody. Like I've got a stud on loan from a buddy and I don't think anything's going to happen there. So I'm not as excited about that. But uh, one that I'm really, really excited and I've been I've been holding on to for a long time. We'll see how it goes. I've got a blackhead het genetic stripe to a blackhead het genetic stripe. And as far as I know, there's never been a super blackhead genetic stripe. 
uh, one in 16 shot. I got seven eggs in the incubator right now. So nice. Nice. We'll see. Best uh, luck in that one. Thank you. Yeah. Tune in. Uh, my calendar's over here. My incubator's over here. Tune in June, uh, June 9th. Uh, June 9th. Like, okay. So that's not so far away. That's yeah. Oh yeah. I'm ha- like, today's the halfway point. I'm halfway through today. The incubation. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. How many clutches you expecting this year? Uh, you know, I paired 20. I think right now the over under is at 13. So maybe 14, maybe 12. If I get really lucky, maybe 15. If, if I just really take a shot, maybe 11. Uh, but you know, 13. Where's that at in terms of like clutches, like career to date? Like, is that high four years that right about where you were before? It's it's more than double. Yeah. More than double. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So my first year, uh, was, was two. My second year is either six or seven last year. And then I paired, I paired 20 females this year, but a lot of them were first year breeders. You know, sometimes, that, that could be a whole show in and of itself. Do you try them on the right when they're on the cusp or, or when you're pushing them? Cause even if they go and you only get three eggs, is that really worth it? But if you hit what you were after, yeah, it's worth it. So anyway, some of those females didn't go. So um, I'm going to pair, uh, I'll pair 30 next year. So okay. that that's kind of the trajectory that I'm on right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. So infrastructure wise, what, um, since you're doing like, basically double the amount of clutches or you plan on hitting double the amount of clutches. Like how has your infrastructure changed? Like, are you getting new hatching racks or were you kind of already set up and ready to go for that kind of production? I'm, I'm where I need to be right now. Uh, but I, that's a, that's, it's a, that's a huge question. And it's a great question. Cause it's, it's again, something we could do a whole show on, uh, I think infrastructure or capital improvements, if, if we're talking in tax terms or whatever it might be, uh, is vitally important because you're going to get, you're going to outgrow yourself and you can outgrow yourself real fast for what I just said of half to a third of your females not going, maybe a hundred percent of them do go just as crazy. And then what are you going to do? Right. Like, and, and so, um, I feel like now ask me in a year and we'll see, but I feel like I'm set up to handle 55 breeding females with about 35 to 40 of them going. I've got, I, <laughs> I, I lucked into this massive uh, wine fridge that I converted into an incubator. I can hold 40 clutches in there oh, at nice. one time. So, nice. you know, they're not all going to be on the same 55 day hatch cycle. So exactly. I, I really could probably, I don't know the stats. I could probably swing 60 clutches in a year if they're spread out, you know, in that thing. So I've got that. Um, I've got, uh, I got these vision racks that aren't, they're not my favorite. Like I'm, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dumping on vision. They're good enough, but, but they're, they really, for me, I only feel comfortable with them having back heat. So once I get up to like, they're not going to handle my breeder females. So they're fantastic grow out racks. Um, the other thing I like about them is I can interchange the tubs that are in them. So like, that's, that's not a vision rack, but that vision rack can hold this hatchling rack or hatchling tub. It can hold a little bit of a bigger hatchling grow out. Okay. And then it can hold these, which, which really will hold 
I don't advise this, but some people actually could hold, you know, one to two year old, maybe up to three year old males in it before you go up to an ARS 55 or 5040. I, I, I move mine and if they're breeding, they're in my breeder room, which is all ARS is 5040s or 5540s. But okay. But as far as your infrastructure question, yeah, I thought a lot about it. Uh, I bought a lot of backup tubs and I like the modular, uh, um, I like the modular plan and I feel bad. Surprac Surp works, I think is helping us out. So help me out. I think this, I, I get the numbers confused, man. I think this is a V 18 and I think this is a V 35, which vision should just put, what they are on the bottom of them, but they don't <laughs> make it easy for them. If I were a consultant, that's what I would be. Uh, that's what I would do. Uh, and then these are actually from a company called Iris. Uh, they call them sweater boxes. And then okay. you, yeah. you know, you, you, you drill them out kind of deal or melt them out. Uh, yeah. V15, V18 and V35. There we go. Yeah. So these V35s are, are really from a square footage of the tub. They're, they're not much smaller than a 5040, to be real honest with you. The, the footprint. Now, they're not as deep and that kind of thing. Um, but anyway, so I like vision racks for those situations. Uh, like I say, I like them better for back heat, though, than belly heat. Gotcha. So obviously, like with getting more ball pythons and kind of building your collection and your collection growing, there's, there's more volume of like the type of things that you do. And then you're kind of having to spread yourself over more animals like in total right so speak to uh some of the challenges that you face kind of along that path of growth um i i'm a i claim to be i i try i work at being um a real efficiency guy so my background is 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 food and beverage and it's it's restaurants and kitchens if you think about a shift waiting tables uh a server going from a kitchen all the way you know usually a patio is the farthest from the kitchen if you think about how typically most restaurants are laid out just happenstance that server might walk 15 miles or something on a double or on a 10-hour shift we can either get a big ego and go well you know the tough guys if you want to make the money that's what you do but if you're, in my opinion, this is my opinion, if you're a good operator, you go, every person has a finite amount of calories and energy they can burn in a day. And I'd rather them burn that energy taking care of a customer than running a hundred yards every time they need two ounces of ranch, which is going to be about a hundred <laughs> times a night. Okay. So in that mindset, you start saying, um, maybe I should give that server an iPad so they could take orders at the table. Maybe there should be a refrigeration unit of condiments out on that patio. Maybe, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And I apply that to, to ball pythons a lot. So one thing I really believe in from a production standpoint is every time you change what you're doing, your mind has to recalibrate. And again, we tell ourselves we're really good at that. We're multitasking, right? Well, the fact is the more things you could do over and over, uh, to a point, you don't want a carpal tunnel and you don't want to become, you know, a mindless, uh, you know, robot. But the more things you could do over and over, the more efficient you're going to be at it before you change what you're doing. So I will water everything and then I'll change everything and then I'll wash everything versus 
water, change, wash, water, change, wash. I'll do water, 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 change, 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 scrub, 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 scrub. Um, so I think about that. I think about um, my whole facility area where that's occupied by snakes is, is it's less than 200 square feet. I'm in a two car garage, which would be 400 square feet, but my actual snake area is much smaller than that. Mm-hmm. But I still think about how many steps I'm taking. If I got to take three steps over there, cause I forgot to bring the sanitizer with me last time. Well, that's six steps, three steps there, three steps back. I didn't have to take any steps standing in front of one rack. That's been inefficient. That drives me bonkers. So I think about that constantly that's just me that's what i think about constantly gotcha gotcha all right so uh talk about your future plans and kind of like where you see yourself going um with the ball pythons and kind of what's some of your ultimate goals at least as of right now um my ultimate goal is to whether it whether it's full-time or primary income it's it's to make this my primary income uh with that being said it's, it's a growth. uh, uh, How do I put it? You could, you could spend a whole lot of money up front and you can make money. You can, you can make revenue faster, but all that money you spend up front is essentially debt that you owe yourself back. So you had those assets in the form of cash and now you don't. In my mind, you should want to get that cash back to yourself. You own that. You owe that to yourself. So whether it's true debt or just debt that you owe yourself. The other way to do it is, is the path that I've sort of taken, which is a cash flow model of, okay, invest a little bit, get profitable, then invest a little bit, then get profitable, invest a little bit, get profitable. And as you do it, it's a snowball. So each time, you know, Brandon, Brandon Nixon is awesome. Uh, he and I talk fairly often. He was giving me a little bit of a hard time, but actually really kind of a, a pat on the back saying, man, you're buying some really nice stuff these days. That's not like you. And I said, well, I, I'm, I'm making money. That's not been like me either. So that's, that's my style. So when you say, where do I see myself or what am I going on? I want to continue that trajectory, but I also think to, I'm, I'm not going to drop. I'm not the guy. And I'm not saying it's wrong to, I have really good friends that have done this. I'm not the guy that's ever going to drop. I don't think. 20, 40, 50 grand on, on snake investments. It's not, it's weird to me. I, I, and, and I have other investment endeavors. So like, I like real estate and rental properties, 50 grand. That's a down payment on a house that I, that I know what I'm doing. Ball pythons. I kind of know what I'm doing. I know how to rent a house. Right. So, so I look at it that way, but to get to where you're talking about, about your question, uh, YouTube and social media is a big part of that. I think, I think think most most people people coming up, should supplement their ball python income with some other way. I'm not good at merch, so I don't do merch. Everybody's like, where's your shirt? So I'm like, man. Where's my chef coat, bro? Hey, you could have a chef coat, but I'll tell you, (laughs) I'll tell you, uh, anything that I buy and resell, I want to have to start the conversation at 300%. So if I spend $10, I'm going to sell it for 30. That's where I want to start it. Maybe I land at 27. (laughs) These chef coats with the embroidery. I I did get the embroidery on the back. Not slacking on the back. $80. Oh, wow. (laughs) So you can have one, (laughs) but I'm going to charge you 240 for it. So, (laughs) 
anybody can I'm order good, them. Let I'm me good. Know, look it up. Yeah, exactly. Right. So like I can't so so I I haven't figured out how to hack merch. Whereas Snakes for the Memories, for example, Jeremy and Holly, they're really good at merch. Like I would buy and wear their stuff and it's really, really well branded. Like your your logo and your brand. That's one thing we talked about on the last show. It's really, really well done. Mine's a little bit more, it's unique, but it's just practical and efficient. Okay, I got a logo, let's go. There's never going to be another proper Royals. Like nobody, a few people use Royals in their name. There is a proper Geckos. I'm wondering when, oh, really? yeah, I'm wondering when they came along and no, uh, it's not proprietary. I didn't invent the name proper, but there is a proper Geckos. But um but it's unique enough that, that it is me and I have enough of a presence that I think people realize that it's me. So I don't, I don't push the merch. So, but for me, uh, and you asked where I would see myself getting to, I want to be, I want to be primarily breeding and selling ball pythons, supplementing and supporting that with social media. So social media is all building the brand with the mission of selling great, well-cared for ball pythons. Okay. And so talk about like your tactics of how you, how you go about doing that. Yeah. Uh, I alluded to it a little bit there. Everything um, for me, everything's really important about the brand. So I'm, I'm really, I try to be cautious about who I bring on my show. Uh, I joke about it being no drama, but really what it is is about no, I don't want to tarnish. I've worked so hard. I don't want to tarnish the brand. Right. And, and some people might say, well, no risk, no reward. Yeah. But if I control what's coming in and out, it's, it's really important and doing live. That's hard, right? I'm sure that you've had a moment, like hopefully a small one sometime, but when you're just like, uh, I don't know how far this is going to go. Like, I hope this, you know, let's, let's take this season. We can all think of examples where it spiraled out on somebody else's show. Uh, but, uh, YouTube, Instagram, some Facebook, and then my own YouTube platform, um, or my live show, my own podcast platform, those all interchange. There's always kind of a, here's what's available. Here's what I got going on. Here's how I do things. And here's why you should have faith in me as a breeder, as an operator, and as a person. And those are the, everything I do should be tied to those points. Very few things I do aren't tied to those points. Um, an exception would be like the posts I put about tonight. Well, still, I'm going to be on brand. I'm still wearing my logo. You're still being kind enough to put my brand out there. It's I'm putting it back there. So I still am representing. I'm still on stage. I still want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm focused on that brand mentality. Yeah. And it's, you touched on something that was real uh, important, right? You don't want to do things that destroy your brand, right? Or that right. tarnish your brand because you put so much effort into it. Like your business, like that's a huge part of your business and your livelihood, right? Is yeah. is how you plan to feed yourself, how you plan to feed your family, family and take care of yourself. And it's you can like just quickly do something that just like tarnishes your brand. And so then you set back and now you kind of got to like, puts more deposits into like that brand bank. Um, so yeah. you don't want to do things to take withdrawals out of it, if that makes sense. It makes great sense. And it also, to, to use the bank uh, analogy, 
I've been learning and growing. I, I need to pay myself back. If I did the math on the amount of time I put in, I owe myself some results, man, because I ain't had them yet uh, on paper, right? Like that, that's that's so that's the growth. It's like going to college. You 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 pay to learn and then hopefully you get paid for your expertise. I'm paying to learn in sweat equity and I intend to pay myself back uh, in expertise over time. hundred percent. A hundred percent. So if you were talking to Adam back in 2020, what would you tell yourself? What would be the advice? Uh, be patient. Um, I'm not patient. I suck at patience. Oh my gosh. I suck at patience. Ball pythons teach me patience. So be patient, enjoy the ride. Um, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to like adapt, just, just keep adapting. And I'm proud to say that, like, I don't, there's guys that are really, really good at it. Or I think they're really good. Like Brandon is really, really good at seeing five generations forward. I'm not. But I also don't know what the market's going to be five generations forward. I might need to pivot. I might need to say, okay, cash flow is really good. I got $1,000. Let me buy these two males that are going to double my odds. That makes, you know, so, but that doesn't work for everybody. There's a lot of, I mean, even Billy talks about, hey, you got to have a plan and you got to stick to it. I, time will tell. I could, it just could blow up in my face. Like I, I pivot and I go with the best resources I have uh on, on each breeding season so to speak yeah i feel like it's benefits to both like it's a benefit to having like a plan so you kind of know what general direction you're headed yeah. in but along the way different things going to happen there's odds there's right now like we're kind of going through like a slower market so there's there's all kinds of things that can happen that cause you to have to do something differently and but having that plan kind of helps keep you on track but then to your point, there's there's no point, there's no shame in like completely changing something, right? Yeah. Changing it for a new plan, right? But I I should tighten that up a little bit. I would say, I would say on the macro, have a plan. Right. On the micro, you're gonna have perfect. girls that don't go, you're gonna have exactly. crazy odds that you hit or miss. You could have a new mutation that you pop out that you didn't even know was in there. Like, on the micro. Switch. <laughs> yeah, on the micro, you got to make the call. On the macro, have a good business plan. Understand where your costs and your uh, your your profits are coming from, or your revenues are coming from, and 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 be aware of that stuff. And that that actually is stuff that I talk about on on uh, my Patreon channel. That's what we. That's really kind of my focus is cost controls, profitability, and then what do you what do you do with those those situations because there's good and bad to everything. So, uh, but yeah, I, I like to say, I like, I, I, if I were to really quantify it, have a plan on the macro and then on the micro, enjoy the ride, try some things. Like you can't 100%. always just follow the crowd. Like, but on the other hand, the crowd usually knows what they're doing. I mean, Vegas odds are right. Or there would be no Vegas. I mean, the, you know, the crowd knows what they're doing. So you gotta, yeah, you gotta roll with it. Yeah, a hundred percent. So actually touch on that a little bit, your Patreon and kind of talk about like how long you've been doing that, uh, how you set it up and kind of like what you've learned along the way and where you planning to take it. So it's, it's ultra new, super new. Uh, Casey Goff was in the uh, audience uh, earlier, hopefully he's still around. Um, he's one of the Patreon members. Uh, but anyway, there's, there's three tiers 
Um, and and I, I talk openly about it because you can go look at it. It's right there. So sometimes people's eyes really pop. There's a $7 tier, which is kind of just a, uh, if you want to support me and say thanks in a way that that is uh, it's essentially like a tip. Okay, cool. I, I ain't too proud. I play for tips on most weekends, you know, so that's cool. Uh, at $35, I have a $35 tier, um, which basically what it does, the, really the driving force of that is that you're building credit. Uh, all that $35 translates to store credit, even, even Patreon's cut. I just eat that, 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 that can, that's the cost of doing business. Um, but all the Patreon subscribers get very first access to the animals. And then it goes from the highest tier to the lowest tier. So the very highest tier gets first crack at everything. Um, Second tier, the $35, you're getting second crack at it. But the first tier is capped at five because I'll talk about that. But I can only handle five members in there right now. Um, the second tier, you're building store credit, $35 a month. And so if you are like, man, I really want whatever he makes available of uh, those super blackhead genetic stripes, for 35 bucks a month, A, you're going to get your money back and B, you're going to get first crack at a project that, that you might really want in on. So there's that. Um, and I do, it's, I, I tried, I love trying and tinkering with things. So I actually have three cameras set up around my facility that live stream on another YouTube channel. It's uh, proper Royals live beta test. I think it's called 24 seven beta test. Okay. One, but yeah, so you could watch it right now. And that camera's up there and, and, and uh, there's no sound. <clears throat> I have the spa music that plays on a loop on it. Um, <laughs> but once I get the kinks of that worked out, which I need to work on, I've had that up and running for about two months. That'll go to Patreon only. So I'll do like cuttings on there or pairings or like I got a little Bluetooth camera that I could put in the egg box when it's close to pip day. Cause I could, I could have four different, I can have as many panes as I want, but I can have four different panes running of cameras at any time. Mm-hmm. So that comes with the Patreon, but the top tier is really the one and that's a hundred a month. And people are like, well, you think you're pretty special. Huh? And I'm like, well, here's the thing for a hundred a month. It's a really a, a consultant, coaching mentorship kind of tier. And I don't think I'm the best ball Python breeder and I don't think I'm the best ball Python mentor, but I'm really, really, really good at cost controls. And I know that because I survived in restaurants for 27 years, a great restaurant makes about a 7% margin a year, 7%. So the opportunity for greater margins and ball pythons is, is huge compared to 7%. So mm-hmm. That's really what I work with the Patreons on. And we talk about uh, breeding plans, uh, but then we also talk about, uh, like you talked about, infrastructure, capital investments, what to do with money coming in, what to do with money coming out, uh, what's working at shows. And then I'm I'm ultra transparent with them. So like there's Casey Goff's, uh, Goff's Reptiles. Uh, me and Casey's. Oh, and I meet with every one of those members one-on-one twice a month. So- okay. The next meeting with Casey is actually we're going to go look at my P&L, my profit and loss report for this year. Every expense is on there. Every sale is on there to the penny. He'll see what I'm profitable to to this day. 
and or loss. I happen to be profitable right now. Hopefully I won't fall into the loss, but I might make an investment that would put me in a loss, but I'd be preparing for the future. So we go through that with absolute transparency. And that's why I said there can only be five of those. So a hundred is a lot, but we meet twice a month and I prep all of that. And, and, uh, you know, you get first dibs and that hundred turns into store that's store credit as well. So you get all that hundred back, you know, so time will tell, does it work? Does it not? It's, it's starting. It's not great yet, uh, but it's not bad either. And I don't, it's all part of the machine. It's all part of the machine to sell snakes and to build this community of, of buyers uh, with me. And I don't want to make it sound all like money, but it is a business. I mean, there's gotta be a revenue and a revenue plan for it, you know? Right. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So you touched on it a little bit, but talk about your music and kind of how long you've been in the music, what you do with the music. Give us the uh, information on that, the 411. Uh, it's really the joy of my life, man. Uh, or, or it has been the longest joy of my life. So my dad plays music. Uh, he's I could do a whole show on, on my father playing. Uh, he's a really great guitarist. And he bought me a guitar when I was three for Christmas. I didn't play it till I was 14. And then I kind of took it pretty seriously. And um, because weird things happen with, with boys' bodies at 14 and, and <laughs> seems like girls like guitars. So let's get that guitar. Right? Let's figure this out. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I started playing. Um, uh, sorry. I see uh, Tommy Anki clouds. Mike, we should talk about that later. Uh, I'll finish the music conversation. A second. She says, uh, I think it's a she, but uh, he or she, they say, uh, yes, Tommy. yeah. What would you like your percent profit to look like? So we'll come back around on that. Um, so at 14, I started playing music. Uh, by 16, I was playing in the school jazz band. And I didn't realize it, but that was a really formative time. Because except for the guitar, every person in jazz band had to audition to be in jazz band. Guitar, they would take anybody because nobody wanted to play in the All the guitarists thought they were too cool to play in jazz band. But okay. what, it, what it led to was me playing with the best musicians in school and in life one of the best opportunities is to be able to work with people that are better than you 100 percent, right i mean so um that became good it gave me a uh, stage experience uh it was really cool um we were oh, it was good i was, it was a big big band and i'm not even really into jazz but i mean it just clicked it was really good um, I went to college, started playing music as a solo acoustic guitarist. Um, I actually tried to make it like as a job and I, I really hated it. It was, it was, it was, I was in Gainesville, man. What'd you hate about it? Well, because it was, um, well, first I hadn't gotten that good at it. So it's painful to not be good and be on stage. Um, the second thing you got to do your, like in anything, you got to do your time. So like my first paying gig was on the patio at the Gainesville ale house in February from 11 PM till two in the morning, man, you know how cold it is in February on the patio of the Gainesville <laughs> ale house. And they paid me, they paid right me right out there. Archer. Yes, sir. They paid me in ale house bucks. So what I was doing <laughs> 
was using my alehouse box to buy pitchers of beer to people to pay them to come see me so that I could try and get another gig that they would pay me an alehouse box. Like it was, it was horrible, man. <laughs> and, uh, but, but you do that enough and you start to figure out what the audience likes and you start to figure out what you are good at and what you aren't good at. I tell people like one of my favorite bands is or maybe the favorite band is the Rolling Stones. Mick Jagger is an amazing front man. He doesn't have that pretty of a voice though, but he keeps his lane. He figured out what he was good at and that takes time. You don't just, you don't just pop out and get to go do that. So doing open mics, doing the, 11 p.m. Alehouse February patio gigs were really, really formative. So um, fast forward to 2007, uh, there's a, a Irish band, uh, Irish pub band uh, that actually used to play at Dirty Nellies in Gainesville, a guy by the name of Spade McQuaid. And he was playing this music that was, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know what everybody's into, but it was just, there, there's a, there, there was this genre and there still is, it's like this Irish rock punk scene. So like uh, bands like Flog and Molly's dropkick Murphy's. And then, then I found out there was this band from like the eighties called the Pogues that were doing it. And I started getting really into that where it was like rock, but it was really unique of what we were doing. And there were six or seven of us in the band. So 2007, I joined Spade McQuaid's band. And we got to open for a lot of those guys. We got to tour with Flog and Molly. We got to open for these festival gigs for like some of our heroes kind of thing. Um, Yeah, it's really amazing. And then, um, you know, uh, oh, when I moved to North Carolina 12 years ago, I I was without a band. I left, I left, I would have to try. I would, to this day, I still play with Spade. So it's been 16 years I'm playing with Spade. But um, I knew I wanted to play and I was like, all right, you're in a new place. Nobody knows you get out there. And if you suck, come up with a new stage name and try another little town in the area. <laughs> and I had never been like a front man, uh, singer. And I used to love like ripping solos and being this amazing guitarist. Well, the new challenge was to be a good singer. And man, when it worked, it was super cool. Uh, it just, it just, just brings a joy to my face. So to this day, uh, so I, I breed ball pythons. I'm a restaurant consultant. Um, this year I'll play, I'll play 60 to 70 gigs. Uh, so one to two a week. Um, oh, it's nice. pretty good, pretty good income. Um, it's a pretty good part of my income. It's the lowest gross revenue and mm-hmm. the highest profitability. <laughs> so it's, it's, I'll, I'll make, this year, this year I'll be neck. I'll make what I make in music will uh, ball pythons will be neck and neck with what I profit uh, in music. Um, next year, hopefully, I leave music in the dust as far as what I make. I'll still do it, but it but it won't be as it, it relative relative importance to uh, income. It won't be as big of a deal. Gotcha. Did you say you write some of your own songs or? I do. I'm not that good at it. I, I, uh, I wrestle with the philosophy of music. Like I like, I don't, it's funny. I really don't consider myself that much of an artist. I have a couple songs that I perform that are, that are my own, but otherwise it's all cover music. So like, gotcha. I like entertaining and bringing joy any way I know how. And honestly, the best way I know how is playing songs that people know and 
already bring them joy rather than trying to the other thing is most gigs i play are either three or four hours man at some point you're gonna play something that somebody knows you got to you're like you, you can't just do four hours of original music or very few yeah. people can you know so um you kind i kind of my wife jokes because she rarely comes to my gigs anymore. She's like, you've been playing the same show for 14 years. I'm like, yeah, but it, it works. And I've it been works. like, like the songs that don't work, I move them out and other songs I move in. So it's not the same show, but it's on, you know, I probably have a, a catalog of 80 to a hundred songs that I'll play. And on okay. any given night, I'll play 30 to 40 of them, depending on how long this, the show is, you know? So are there one or two songs that you play like every show? regardless oh yeah there's probably 10 or 12 yeah okay like what's your favorite like couple um okay so there's two there's two worlds in my music there's the irish pub world which is really my sweet spot and then there's everywhere else so everywhere else i have to be a little bit more pop rock oriented Uh the irish pub you could get away with playing traditional irish music you can get away with playing I don't know why, man. Irish pubs, they love uh, country roads. Take me home, man. You get everybody, everybody will be, man, you can make a hundred bucks playing just country roads, man. So like, and it's all fun to me. So, uh, so the, 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 the Irish show, uh, and I really, and I do really love, there's a songwriter I really love. He's called Steve Earl. Uh, he wrote songs like uh, Copperhead Road. Uh, he's played with the Pogues. He did uh, just, all kind, I mean, he was one of the original early, early Texas songwriter, acoustic guitar songwriter. So I always play a lot of uh, Steve Earle songs. I always play some Pogue songs. Um, there's a band out of Canada that's a punk Irish band called The Peelers that have been kind enough to take me on tour as their opener several times. I'm touring with them in September again. So I always play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always play some Peeler songs with my own arrangement. Like you can't be. I solo can't be, can't pull off a six piece Irish punk band. Um, uh, Jamie, thank you for asking. I'm not, I, 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 it's different worlds colliding. I can't, I can't control the sound and the show here. Um, if you guys go to Adam Shira music uh, on Facebook, you can, you can see and, and hear me there. Adam Shira music is, uh, is, is the music link. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, it's, it's it's here it's it's oh, legit nice. yeah i mean i nice. I, always, I always have one within within arm's reach but um so when you go on tour how long are you going and and uh my sweet spot is only like seven to ten or, or 12 days uh okay. i like to, i like to get back home but i do when i go like i go if i go for 10 days i'll play 10 days in a row no days off so, so why are you going who's taking care of the snakes well, that's the thing. I got to get back. So Kelly, my wife, uh, and Charlie, my son, they help out. But that's part of why I like to get back. The other thing, man, as much as I like, am passionate about all these different things, my my family and my home is 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 what I love so much. I came, I grew up in a. Uh, my parents were divorced, so I, so I lived in two basically single parent homes, and I bounced back and forth. So I never really felt like I had a home. And I went to college, which I moved every semester. And then I got a job and I moved every wherever the people wanted to pay me to go. So the idea of a home that is a home is uh, it's just the best. It's like the 
I might be successful in a million other things, but I'll never be successful like I am. And like, I feel like I am just having a home. And, uh, and I know that's really cheesy, but it's the truth. That's not so, cheesy at all, bro. That's, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it is real, man. And like I, I could, I could cry thinking about it. So like, I love getting out and playing. So I'll play myself to exhaustion and then I want to get home. I, I'm that's it. But the finances work that way too. So if you're out traveling, you probably got to have a hotel. You got to eat on the road. That's not that healthy and it's not that cheap. Um, let's call it what it is. I'm having more drinks out on the road, not driving, but like when I'm playing, then I am if I'm, yeah, then if I'm sitting at home. So, and remember earlier, I said I got kind of an addictive personality. So like getting home is my safe, healthy place too. Like, um, and you see me when I'm vending, like I'll travel to vend. We vended together in Lakeland. I mean, that was a three and a half hour drive back home. Um, that's it, you know, so I don't mind traveling, but I get back home, but yeah, I'll do 10 to 14 days. will be a, a typical, but not even typical. That'll be the longest tour and I'll get back home. Gotcha. So would your family be pulling the clutches while you go? Yeah. 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 Uh, there was a show, uh, there was a show last year. Um, I forget where I was. No, I was, uh, I was gigging over in, uh, I was in, um, uh, I was in Destin about a five and a half hour drive away. And I just said, Hey Kelly, could you keep an eye on? She's like, she's got, she got the eggs. And I was like, all right, you're up. You got to get in there. And, and, and she did, she, she didn't, she didn't bathe the mama afterward, but she got mama off the eggs, put the eggs away at egg box. So like, like day to day operations are all me, but Kelly's up on what we're doing. And, and she's up on the finest. She's like, uh, what number you think are going? What are these millimeters at? Which ones are going, which aren't? And I'm like, you're not just asking because you're excited. You're asking because you want to know, <laughs> am I, I going to put a return on, on everything that I put into this? Nice. Nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's so bad. I support it at the house. Like, it is. It's awesome, man. Like it's, it's, it's priceless. It, I, I, there's a, do, do, I, I, I don't, I don't tell, I, I don't think I've ever said this on the show and I don't tell many people this, but here's for the whole world. Now there was so long in my life. I didn't know if I knew how to do that. I'd never experienced it. So how, how did I know what a good home was kind of thing? You know what I mean? So it, it's, I take so much joy, so much pride, and I'm so protective of what we have. And, and, and that means making smart decisions. Don't be dumb when you're out drinking. Don't be dumb with who you meet. It's professional. It's go play, go have a good time, get back to the hotel and then get back home. That's it. That's all there is to it. That's what's up, man. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, um, what are some common themes that you see, like in your ball python kind of life and your music life? Are there any like kind of common themes? Themes? Uh, I don't know. I never really thought about it. I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are uh show uh vending shows is a lot like that. I mean, a weekend vending out on the road is a lot like uh being out on the road playing music. Um except there's more to do when you're vending music. Music is tough because like I say, most of my gigs are three, four hours, which is a long mm -hmm. gig, but you got 24 hours in a day. So if I'm playing like, like I'll play Punta Gorda and then the next day I'll play Tampa. Well, that's only an hour and a half, two hour drive. I got to sit around for eight, nine hours till I go on stage, or I got to sit around for eight, nine hours at the front end of it. 
shows are not, uh, vending shows are not like that. Vending shows, uh, you're on, you're working. Um, you, I really believe you got to be present. You can't, you can't make the sale if you're not there. If you're not physically and mentally present, you can't make the sale. And if you're not there to make the sale, what are you doing? I mean, yeah, you can network and all that, but networking's good, but thousand bucks of revenue is <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> I do a lot of networking with a grand in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, Speaking of, uh, I want to go back to Tommy's question from earlier. Yeah. Okay. So what would uh, I like my percentage profit to look like? Really, really great question. Really, really complicated question. Um, let's take Let's take taxes and the benefits of expenses out of it. Let's take raw profitability versus expenses. Um, this year, this year, I want my profitability to look like 25%. I'm still making uh, investments. I'm still buying racks. I'm still getting equipment. Um, and I still don't breed my own rats and I'm probably never going to breed my own rats. So, uh, to go from losing, breaking even to making 25% is, is a really nice trajectory. On the other hand, if I do 40 grand in revenue, which I'm, I'm hoping to do this year, and I'm pretty transparent with this stuff. So it doesn't, it's not awkward for me to talk about. I'm projecting, I'm going to do 40 grand in revenue. That means I'll only profit $10,000 this year. $10,000 is nice. And actually to get really, really into it, I want to do 45,000 and I want to profit uh, 13,000 is what I want to do. Um, and why I want to do 13,000 is that's what my mortgage payment is for a year. And if I can pay my mortgage with snakes, that's mentally good. I'm not going to literally do that because I'm going to end up reinvesting most of that money, to be honest with you. Now, Tommy, the benefit of of, uh, and Mike, you can help me with this. Cause I think that you're, this is your professional world that you live in. I think, um, there are overlapping benefits to expenses. So if my Toyota Tacoma that I bought last year used, I don't buy it. I didn't buy it new. I'm not high rolling. This isn't me like flexing. It's just matter of fact, what I drive, I use that Tacoma for 80% or 80% of my use of that Tacoma is for restaurant consulting, music touring and snake delivery, errand running and shows. Well, the tax guy says, okay, that's a business expense. You can, you cannot pay tax on the money you spent on that expense. So suddenly when you look at life that way, that's a whole different ballpark than clocking in, clocking out, having a W2 and paying a certain tax bracket. Now it's a whole different ballgame. So yes, there's a $10,000 of profitability, but there's also the tax savings of, I don't even know. It's massive. It's more than 10 grand. I'll tell you that uh, by a long shot. So, you know, so then am I making 25 to 30,000? Ah, now it sounds like a much better business model, you know? So I could do, I could do a year of shows on this, but in short, my tenants are um, my businesses need to be profitable, not the tax way, the original way we were talking, the 25 and the 40. So I want my businesses to be profitable. I want my household ca cash flow to be positive. I want 
no credit card debt. I will have debt for houses. I won't even have debt for cars. Uh, really, the only debt I have is my is my home. Um, everything else is paid off. So, uh, so profitable business, zero, uh, positive cash flow, zero debt, and then anything extra I reinvest in assets. So, buy female breeders, buy a better computer so that I can stream without glitches, uh, buy better displays, improve my banner. Um, if I'm uh, buy a better camera. So I'm investing so that the money that I would have paid tax on now becomes business expenses that I don't have to pay taxes on. Disclaimer, talk to your tax professional, make sure you're doing this the legal way, make sure somebody is advising you and get a good professional that'll tell you, no, Adam, you cannot do that. I get a lot of no's on tax day. I do. But I get, but but I do bring a lot of yeses to them. Did I? Did I? Uh, like I said, I think that's your professional area, Mike. Did I put that? Did I frame that in the right way? Yeah, I think you framed it in a way that's easily understandable. For yeah, most um, I'm not an expert. That's why I hire an expert for it. But I really like to keep things simple. So, like I say, I want my businesses to be profitable. I'm profitable consulting. I'm profitable playing music. And this year I am right now profitable with uh, snakes and I project to be profitable. Cool. Is my cash household cash flow? Am I spending less than I'm making? Good. Am I not accumulating debt? Good. I, that That's damn near the definition of being rich. And I don't mean that as in I'm a millionaire. I mean it as in I'm stable and I have, there's stability in my life with that. Right. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So speaking of kind of all the different things you got going on, you've got the snakes, you've got the music, you've got family life, you've got the restaurant consultant. So how do you maintain a good work-life balance? Um, I remind myself that I'm not working in restaurant operations anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's sorry. That's a snarky response. Cause I'm really, really grateful for, and I, I wear the chef coat because of it. Um, I got used to for a long, long time. Um, uh, yeah, more Fowley brings up a good point. Yes, it's all real money. You do have to have the money to be able to spend in the first place before you write it off. So that's where you need cash flow, and that's where you need the initial profitability. Very good. It is. It's. It's. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right, more Fowley. Now you can. Uh, more sorry for the audio only he says uh he or she says uh you can make 30k you can't spend more than 30k for the write-off uh you can't accept with a with a tax uh mechanism called depreciation where you say something's a sixty thousand in your example something is a sixty thousand dollar expense maybe you take fifteen thousand this year fifteen thousand next year fifteen so so you do you depreciate it over four years um I'm way out of my league talking about that. I know it can be done. I don't know the ins and outs. I do not know the legality of it. Uh, I get told, yes, you could do that or no, you cannot by my professional. And I've had that guy for 16 years now. So I'm, that's as far as I want to go. Uh, but that, that's, that's what I, what I, uh, what I understand. Work-life balance. Um, the whole reason I got into this situation that I'm in is because of how poor my work-life balance used to be. I This past 4th of July was the first 4th of July that I've been off since my son was alive. That's scary as a father. And my son's 11 now. It's not like he's two. He's 11 now. Um, 
I was working Christmas days. I was working um, every, I mean, every holiday. I mean, even Mother's Day coming up. I'm going to be able to take my wife out to breakfast that morning or do whatever we want. I'm going to, you know, um, so I, I, and I was working and I loved it. I was good at it. I'm really good at it. So I worked, I would work a a good week was 55 hours on a typical week in season, 70, 80. And I would work six, seven days a week, every week to have a five day week was like middle of winter and the mountains shut down. Yeah, working in restaurants is a grind. Yeah, and I was and I was working in private clubs, resorts for the past six years. I lived on property in the resort that I was running, so like breakfast cook doesn't show up at six a.m. Let's call Adam. I don't even want to call the cook. We'll just call Adam. <laughs> we'll just, he's on property. Oh, it's a nightmare, man. Um, so I I I. Uh, my work-life balance now is still, I stay busy. I don't sit still very well, but um, my wife and I both like our space, uh, which is, which is a positive for us. Everybody is different, but for us, it's a positive. Um, uh, So it's not like either one of us are all that needy as far as like, where are you or have you, I mean, my wife met me playing in a band. I mean, she knew I played music and all that, you know, so we've always had a really high level of trust, but now I'm, I'm either, I, if I'm working at night, I'm playing music, which is amazing. If I'm working on the weekends, I'm vending shows or I'm playing music. And if I'm in restaurants, I cap that at 25 hours a week. That's, that's all I'll consult for. That's my, that is like my contract deal. I'll do it. I'll go work four days, six hours or three days, eight hours. You can have me however you want but it ain't going to be more than 25 hours a week. And that's, that's my work-life balance now. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Work-life balance is, is super important. Super important. Well, and you always, you always chase it. It's never, it's never perfect. It's always fleeting. It's always fluctuating and we all have needs. Like this is me as a 43 year old, just sort of now realizing this or getting to this point. I did all that time where, Life just passed me by. I just missed out. I, I don't even have a passport. I've never traveled, man. Like I just got my first passport. This year. I, yeah. I mean, or last I've been to, year, 2022. I've been to Mexico and Canada when I didn't need a passport, but like I could be, I mean, you never know. I mean, I, hell I could die tomorrow. I guess I don't want that's, that's dark to say, but I was working so hard trying to build chasing money rather than thinking the way that I just described in terms of cash flow, debt, and overall wealth and assets. And um, it's, it's been amazing. I, I'm just tr- truly grateful. I don't say it as a, I, I hope I'm humble in everything that I do because I work hard and I, I think I've earned it and I stay humble. And you've, you have been at a show where you've seen me make zero pennies, not zero dollars, zero pennies uh, in a two day stretch working my butt off. So, I mean, it, I put in the work, but overall good things happen, you know? Yeah. That's what's up. That's what yeah. matters. That's what matters. So I got some wrap up questions for you. You mentioned okay. earlier that you had listened to them. So yeah, yeah. You kind of know them. I might throw you a curveball. No, I'm not perfect. Perfect. Like <laughs> Do it. All right. So uh, first one, obviously, if you, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? I, yeah, this is one I've heard of before. I, I don't know. I guess my answer is I don't know. Um, I, I've all my life, I've been kind of moving around and just kind of rolling, rolling with the punches. So I don't necessarily 
Jacksonville and North Florida is where I have my best network. Um, and not to start a whole other conversation, but honestly, Florida's kind of crazy these days. I, I wouldn't mind in my heart of hearts. I wouldn't mind packing up and moving out of Florida, but the network's good. The business is good. The schools are good. We're making money. I'm living my life. Okay. I'll stay here. I don't know. I, I, but yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I do know. I would love to have, I would love to have like a loft or an apartment in a city, like a big city, like a massive city. And I would love to have a ranch in the middle of nowhere. I don't care where long, far away from anybody. If I had both of those and I had the means to travel between the two of them, then I'd be happy. I could, you know, so the ranch could be in Colorado, could be in Stark, Florida, could be in the mountains in North Carolina and the loft could be in Chicago, New York, Montreal, I don't like Miami. That doesn't have much soul, I don't think. But anyway, I, I like I like a good urban, like you know, ups and downs of a city. Like the the, the I like dive bars just as much as I love fancy restaurants, man. I you know, so I want it all. Gotcha, gotcha. Ashley will throw you a curveball. It's all right, a different question than sort of the regular ones. Uh, so lots of changes going on with Morph Market right now, right? Oh so yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If you were in charge. What's one thing you would change about? morph market and what's one thing you would keep i uh favorite thing i should say so i see morph market in two different worlds uh as just a user both as as a seller and a buyer but just as a user um on the site i think it's great God forbid you get into the Facebook or the, 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 the more market <laughs> member community. Oh my God, it's a train wreck. And I, and, and, <laughs> and like, I really watch what I say. Cause I have sponsors. I like those of y'all that don't know me. I have sponsors. I have the show. I gotta, I gotta be careful sometimes. Uh, but I think Darian enjoys it. I don't even think Darian cares that I would say that. So I think I think the, the the majority of the product for the majority the vast majority of the users is fantastic. It's exactly what it needs to be. I don't even I don't even have the technological or data driven mind to say what I would improve. I like uh, the only the only thing I've ever thought of that actually I really tried hard. I did call up my data driven buddies and developer buddies. I was like, you know how could we do this was a like a, like a wish list, like a combo wish list where you would get a notification when certain combos are listed um i thought that would be a really cool thing like hey i know i need x y and z in four months for breeding i need to uh i need to start on it now or start looking at it now let me type these in and when one's posted boom you get a uh, you get a notification and you could even monetize it like both the sellers could pay more to have their blasted out to the waitlet to the wishlist people, and the wishlist people could pay more to get higher up on the list, right? Like it, everybody could make money here. This is and and Morph Market would take money from both people. It'd be everybody would be thrilled. That's the only like real like innovation I ever thought of um, on Morph Market. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the end game model or goal of what's going on right now is. It has a very um, Jerry Springer feel to it where like, remember in the early days of Jerry Springer, it was like, 
let them fight, let them fight. Let, okay, get security in there, separate them. And now let's, let's, and then let's end the show with this. Real, remember Jerry Springer's like oh, end yeah. of the show monologues? He's like, yeah, yeah. Well, this has taught us. We need to know this. And, call, and look, yeah. And, <laughs> and what do you always say? Uh, uh, take care of each other or be good to each other was always like his last thing. And it was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And that it has that feel right now where like, uh, let's stir the pot. And then let's cool everything down or chill it out. Let's stir the <laughs> pot and let's chill it out. So, I mean, it's working. We're talking about it. God knows yeah. it's exploding on the interaction on Facebook. Oh, so yeah. Maybe, like that's, maybe that, maybe that's my, my, my app. Yeah. That's all you see, right? Like, I, and uh, this, is, this is probably more information than anybody wants to know. I literally was in the shower, like annoyed at something I had read on there. And I was like, you know, Adam, you can leave the group. Just leave. <laughs> Just go away, Adam. You would never see it. I, this is me talking to myself. You would never see it. You would sell your snakes. You would buy snakes. It would be a great marketplace and you wouldn't care. And I think that's what I'm going to do. I think that's truly my answer. I'm wasting too much time on the shenanigans. And I really do think, I think from a business standpoint, not morph market, uh, just people in general, we spend too much time on nonsense versus getting down to the business of doing the business. And this is now taking away time from my business of doing the business. So that's what I think about what's going on right now at Morph Market. I think it'll be fine. There's not an alternative really right now. I think uh, um, what's the, uh, I think both Clutch and, and uh, Husbandry, Pro. Husbandry Pro, if, Morph Market doesn't watch it. Uh, they they are going to become competitors to Morph Market. They know they know who's hatching what, where they're at. All they got to do is connect people with a little dollar sign and a number next to it. They're working right. on payment uh, transactions. So I, I think, uh, and, and that's not any insightful news to Darian. He knows that. Um, so. I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out, but the vast amount of data that especially husbandry pro is collecting web-based collection data and breeding plans and clutch info. I mean, the next thing is to sell to each other's users that that's all. I mean, that's what's going to happen. So there is going to be competition for morph market and I'm curious to see how that plays out, but that's all good things for the consumer and honestly, the Absolutely. sellers too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Yep. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out over the next couple of years, just to see like which route it goes. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm sitting on the sideline with my popcorn eating. Watching. I was going to say from the pop, <laughs> from the popcorn sideline and from the business. Exactly. Wow, this is really intriguing standpoint, like case study standpoint. Case studies, exactly. Both <laughs> of them are really, really I'm nerdy in both ways, man. Like I love I love both of those things, man. A hundred percent. Oh, right, so, Tommy says husbandry pro has storefronts now. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I, I, there's there's so I mean, remember the early days of Google where Google was just gathering so much. I mean, it, uh, what husbandry pro is accumulating is a is a massive i would say weapon that sounds violent massive resource a massive tool that they're going to be able to use man 100 100 so if you won uh 10 million dollars tomorrow how would you use it 
I don't know. I really enjoy business. Um, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily physically enjoy working. I enjoy the pursuit of things. So I got a, uh, one of my, one of my bosses one time wrote in my, in my performance review, um, Adam works very hard. He has good ideas, brilliant, blah, blah, blah. Takes care of the guests. Uh, he's always looking for the next thing rather than focusing on doing what we do. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's how you get better. You can't just do the same thing over and over. And he's like, yeah, but this is what we do. You could, you could focus on what we do a little bit better. But uh, so my point being, I don't know what I do with 10, $10 million. I don't sit, I don't sit still very well. Um, I equate, I don't equate wealth to the number of dollars. I equate it to stability, um, future stability for my family. So they're related, but they're not, they're not the same. So like I say, I mean, I, I bought a, a used Toyota Tacoma. I plan to have that for 10 years. I have a 10 year plan for that truck. So like, I, I don't know. I, I buy some cool stuff. Don't get me wrong. I, I got a little materialistic uh, streak in me. I would, I would, I would go on a, on a, on a spending spree, but I buy that ranch in the country somewhere. And I buy that loft downtown somewhere. Um, and I like people, man. I like I like culture. I like uh, one of the reasons I love Montreal is that I could go see, uh, you know, cathedrals from the 1600s in Montreal in the daytime. And I can go to a punk rock show in the red light district uh, five hours later that night. So, like, I want I want all of it, man. So I, I would just I would just go experience culture. And that, that's another reason I love food. Like you, you get to know people. I just I would have I would have a full dinner table every night. I don't even know. I would just, you, 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 let's go have some dinner, right? It's on me. Let's go. Nice. So that's the perfect segue into the next question. If you could have dinner with any three people dead or alive, who would it be and why? Uh, the first one is easy. I, it would be my mother. Uh, I lost my mother to ovarian cancer in 2010. Um, and I, I, I miss her dearly. I, I really do. It was, it was too soon. And she was a even though my parents were divorced and I largely lived with my father growing up, my mother is a incredibly formative force um, in my life then and to this day. Um, so I, I would, other than my family, I would, I would give everything for just a moment with my mom. I truly would. Um, and, and people can think whatever they want of that, but that, that's the absolute truth. So uh, I would have dinner with my mom. That's the easy answer. And that's not that exciting for everybody else. It's wonderful for me to dream of, but it's not that exciting for everybody else. So I would have dinner with Mark Twain. Uh, I love, uh, he's my favorite author. Um, now more than ever, I'd love to have dinner with Mark Twain. I'd love to talk about I think appreciating culture and variety. And when I say culture, I mean a variety of cultures. Um, you know, Mark Twain spent his life traveling as well as writing. Um, he's famous or infamous, depending on how you see it, uh, for the work that's Huck Finn. And Huck Finn is one of the highest regarded uh, novels of in, in American history. Uh, Hemingway said, Every novel, every American novel since Huck Finn has been a retelling of something from Huckleberry Finn. So uh, but but it's full of, um, you know, what let's just say what it is, words that we can't use these days and we shouldn't use these days. Um, it's full of depictions that are um, well, they're racist, but they're also classist and, and gender uh, exclusionary. And I'd want to know. I don't think that was his purpose but it could be taken that way. I want to, I want to hear what the man himself has to say. And I think, I think, and maybe this is just me glorifying my image of Mark Twain. 
I think he would go, it made sense and it was good at the time, but this is who I would have to be now. And I would love to hear his wit and his intellect about what's going on now, because I, I do think that, and I think that, um, I think that Jim and Huckleberry Finn is, is, is presented as, as, uh, um, uh, as the redemption at, at that he's the redemption to almost every character in the book. He's the, he's the sort of savior of, of all these other bumbling idiots. Um, but I don't know that to be his point. That's how I read it. And maybe that's just how I want to read it as a white guy. That's never had those struggles. So anyhow, I, I like Mark Twain. I probably rambled on more than I should, but that is Mark. I would have dinner with Mark Twain. And then what I get one more. You got um, one more. I gosh, I would, I think it would have to be, um, it had to be one of my music heroes, uh, but I do have to that are alive or maybe dead, maybe alive. I will say I've met a few celebrities, like working in the golf world and private clubs. I've met I've met a lot of celebrities, and there's kind of a truth to like, what do they say? Don't meet your heroes or don't meet celebrities. Like, yeah, it's not that great. But I, I would I would geek out to have dinner with Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones or. Okay. Uh, there's a band. I um, gonna be somebody from the Rolling Stones. Yeah, but there's another band. Uh, like my, there's a moment in my life that changed, and and we don't have to dive into that because I know we're running along, and and it's not about reptiles at all. But I saw this band called Social Distortion, and there's a guy. Their front man is Mike Ness, and to this day, Mike Ness is is, I think, one of my personal heroes, but certainly a music hero. I've never had a chance to meet him. I met all the other guys in the band on several occasions and their, their lineup changes, but I've never gotten to meet Mike Ness. And um, I'd love to have dinner with Mike Ness. Even if, even if I walked away, not thinking he was as personally cool, it, it would just pull the curtain back. It'd be cool to see. So I don't know. Give me a coin flip. I'll take either one, you know, Gotcha. We're, we're dreaming and imagining anyhow. Hell, we'll, we'll change the rules. I'm doing both. I don't care. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Dope answer, man. Dope answer. So is there anything that you want to tell the listeners uh, before we wrap it up tonight? Uh, to thank you. I guess I, I should say, you know, uh, I have a, a live podcast every Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. That's really my primary YouTube content right now. Um, I'm wrapping up a consulting project. Uh, and by July, I'll be getting back to producing regular content on a regular basis, but I hope you come check it out. I hope I met some new people. I'm really grateful for uh, any support, anybody that comes along. Um, I've been, uh, it, I'm coming up on two years of every Tuesday night. So, I mean, it's a pretty cool thing to say I've, I've stuck with it and, and had that accomplishment. And uh, Mike, guys like you have been really supportive to me. You were, you, I remember being like, I remember seeing your logo and being like, this guy's got it together just from the effort put into the logo. Like I, that, that was really the catalyst for me seeking you out to be on, on the show when you came on oh, the gotcha. show. That's so um, I hope to come check it out. Uh, I'm on Instagram and uh, YouTube are my primary platforms, but anywhere you find proper Royals, that's me. There's no, uh, there's no other name that's close. It's, it's proper, proper, proper Royals. Don't forget to plug the Patreon. Yeah. I, I uh, I'm not great at it yet. I want to do it, but I'd rather you, um, to be honest, I'd rather you buy a snake from me, but, uh, <laughs> but no, no, come join the Patreon. I want to get better at it. And I'm, I'm ultra, I shouldn't say that I'm ultra thankful for the Patreon members for the faith that they put in me because it's not cheap. And I do, um, I, I it's a lot of money. Um, I don't take for granted. I, I, I remember being, uh, I remember slicing onions, uh, 
uh, for $5 and 25 cents an hour as my primary like job duty on the weekends in high school. So like, I don't take for granted that money. Um, but again, it's store credit. It comes back to you. And, uh, if I can help you in your own business, I'm, I'm happy to do that as well. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. That, yeah. Come, come check out the Patreon. Um, and, oh, I'll be vending, uh, in Jacksonville, uh, May 20th, Repticon okay. 20th, 21st. I'll be in Tampa June 10th and 11th at the Tampa Repticon. And in July, I'll be at the Orlando Repticon vending. And for my mid-Atlantic friends, I will be at uh, Jeremy Warfel's uh, barbecue cookout. And I, th I think, I think I'm playing. I think I'm the entertainment. I think I'm like, I, like, I think the deal is that I got to play if I'm going. So uh, that's up nice. in Pennsylvania. If any of y'all are up there. Um, so we, uh, we could catch up there too, but anytime anybody wants to get a hold of me, I respond to all emails, messages, comments, unless you're being a jerk, then I'm not going to give you any time of day. <laughs> then I, then I ignore it. Nice. Nice, man. Adam, man, it's been great, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. Likewise. To it. It's always great uh, connecting, linking up, man. It's always great conversation. Always learn a lot. So definitely appreciate you taking the time to stop by the show. Uh, bless the guests with your stories and your insights and, and all that good stuff, brother. Uh, it's been a pleasure. It's the fastest two hours I've been on a podcast, man. Like you, you know, the work that goes into prepping and carrying the show. It's so nice just to like, just chill. Yeah. yeah you, whatever you want, Mike, we'll talk about, it. I don't care. You, you call the shot, man. I'm doing nothing tonight, man. And it's been great. If it was, uh, it was really nice, man. I don't, I don't know. I feel like we just scratched the surface. So uh, anytime, it's a pleasure, man. I'll come back yeah, anytime. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get you on for round two, round three. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Likewise, a you got to get on. You got to come back, man. It's been over a year on mine. So we, we got to do a home and away kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we, we got to catch up, man. I'm actually going to go back and watch that episode soon, too, just to see what's changed. Because, like, I know, uh, like, a year ago, my thought process was a lot different in a lot of the spaces. And it's just kind of like a function of that maturation over time and learning more, get more experience. And so like kind of how you like change in your approach. So it'll be interesting to go back and kind of look at that. I found that as well. You'll see right off uh, my, my background and, and lighting and all like you see it. And you're, I remember being so proud it's of different. it at the time. It's different on that one. Yeah. Now I'm like, that looked like junk. Like, but, but it's, it's from doing it and learning it. It's just like I was talking about playing those gigs on, middle of february outdoors at 11 at night you just you learn little things and just get better and better so yeah uh i, I didn't watch the whole episode but i i've, I've i'm gonna go back and watch it too yeah i'm yeah. gonna go check it out in fact that'll be uh we clean snakes this weekend um, be <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> so again bro pleasure having you on the show i appreciate everybody sliding through uh checking us out tonight definitely appreciate all the support shout out to the audio only gang and everybody that comes through definitely thank you to the sponsors armless angels small town exotics really appreciate all the support really appreciate y'all believing in us can you hang back for a second of course of course cool all right well we're gonna get out of here for tonight folks thank y'all for coming out be blessed peace cheers <laughs>